fast and slow fashion. Do you have an opinion on that? Maybe you do, maybe you don't. We have. When she finished with it, when she didn't want it anymore, we took it back to that shop. Yeah. So that shop got it, got, would have got another sale out of that yeah. dress <coughs> yeah. for, for very little, very, yeah. very little You almost effort. hired it. Yeah, pretty much, yeah, yeah. So it's like... There's a behavioural aspect, mass behaviour in these purchasing, and they are just as important to deal with as processes in supply chains. Time for a sip of tea. Well, that's a good start to an episode. Have a good sup of t- sup of tea because it it, it it relaxes your larynx. Yeah. Crack on then. You want to introduce it? No, you can reduce introduce this reduce stuff. it. Okay. <laughs> Shut up. Yeah. So, are you worried about the big issues that we all face, and do you want a companion uh, on on your shoulder? Well, this podcast is it. We are the People's Countryside Environmental Debate Podcast. We don't really debate. We have uh, far-reaching, meandering conversations. We try to break down the big issues into bite-sized chunks, and through actions we come up with, we try and address what we talk about. And today we're going to be talking about fast and slow fashion. Do you have an opinion on that? Maybe you do, maybe you don't. We have. I'm Stuart the Wild Man Mabbit, and uh, my job is getting you and anybody who will listen out into nature, making it part of daily life and connecting you with it in, in the hope that you'll want to protect it. Yes. The co-host. Uh, William Ankler. We've got a question coming up actually directly asking you about the fact that you, you've said many times that you don't go out too often, but you're, yeah. like, you, you're trying to get people out into nature. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting what that, well, how that pans out. How that pans out, yeah. Mm. Exactly like this one. You know, We never know... Once we press record, how where the conversation is going to lead, and I think that become is part of a natural conversation. You're sat here listening to us. One of us in your right ear, the other one in the left ear, is to feel like you're in that or part of this conversation. You are mm. part of this conversation. How you can people can email us, can't they? And and they send can. a question. Well, what's the email address, Stuart? The People's Countryside at gmail.com, William. And backwards? No, 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 no I won't no. go for that. That's, that's, that's kind of past its sell-by date now, isn't it? The question we've got today is from I think as you you're right. This is the first question from Elaine in mm. Telford in Shropshire. Where is Shropshire? It's Shropshire in... is sort of northwest of Birmingham. It's between Birmingham and. It's sort of uh, south southwest Midlands. You do realise though that, that, that we're telling people this and we're relying on the fact that people know where Birmingham is. Mm. It's a bit like when there used to be a black and white television show of, of snooker and the, mm. the, the, the commentator would go, if, if, for those who want to know where the pink is, it's between the brown and the mm. blue. So if you get a picture of the UK and you stick a pin in the middle, it's not there. Anyway. <laughs> um, the question then is, Shropshire's uh, on the border of Wales. It's a lovely, <clears throat> lovely county. Mm. The question from Elaine is the following. What are the problems and potential within the fashion industry? Slow fashion as opposed to fast fashion, is that a real option? So fast fashion is this whole idea of things get made very cheaply, very quickly, and they're used once maybe. Mm. You know, you go to, I mean, without really digging into it, like likes of Primark, H&M, they're the two companies that really stick out to me as far as fast fashion. There's more, Zara is obviously right up there Mm. as well. Uh, but slow fashion, I would see, is being more of a cottage industry mm. where people are making it locally. My mum is a very avid knitter and crocheter. She'll, that You say that's a slow mm. slow fashion, right? Yeah. And they generally, because it's handmade, you treat it differently. You, you want to make it last a bit longer. Mm. Um, I think we've got appreciation a question, of it. We've got a question coming up about the whole idea of um, recyclability, haven't we, yeah. in the future? 
Yeah. Um. What's what? What was it? Um. I've put you on the spot here, haven't I? Sorry. One of the questions we're going to be talking about at some point is what is the best form of recycling, and another one is what do you do with leftover leftover food? Yeah. You know. Yeah. In interesting range. I had to make some notes on this because my memory is bad these days, and I'm not going to read the script, but. I just thought that it's such a serious subject and needed um, some respect and remember my points. And I was reading online and various things around fast fashion because I'm not really, uh, wasn't really tuned into the phrase. But I noticed there's a lot of misinformation from what you would call the um, fast fashion industry selling us clothes that we don't really need. Yes. Um, largely through aspiration or conforming to trends. Yes, and if it's not careful, the fashion industry can forget what's important, not just to people, but for the planet as well. And the fashion industry could still thrive on a new model, but it's just changing the values and ethics behind it. That was the first thing that came up for me with fast fashion. There's a real hidden problem, I think, with especially with fast fashion, is that because it's trends because it's generally quite cheap as well for what yeah. you're buying um, because it's it's created on mass mm. so it makes it cheaper that somebody sees it as an, a throwaway item so somebody will be going on a holiday so like a beach holiday mm. and they'll buy their whole entire wardrobe before going away they'll use it for holiday and never use it again yeah it will end up in it'll end up being thrown away which is a real shame mm. i know that so i know that say h&m for example offer a, a reward if you're taking clothes that you no longer wear back, back yeah. which will get recycled but um i'll say an action straight away whether it's slow fashion or fast fashion if you've got clothes now that you do not wear and they're still in 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 reasonable reasonable nick that you would wear yourself take them to your local charity shop because I'm actually wearing what we're wearing today. These trousers and this T-shirt are both come from charity. And one, charity. But one thing, one, what that does is it means that those clothes haven't just been thrown away and just yeah. worn once. And if you just worn them once as well, mm. somebody else would want to wear them again. Yeah. I don't really, I don't care that somebody else has actually worn these because they're blooming, they've been cleaned, they've been washed yeah. and they're perfectly fine perfectly clothes, fine. you know, and it's just, it, it, it gets rid of that sort of mm. hidden problem of how much is being thrown away, how much is really being recycled. It's a recycling issue. Yeah, and I, I, I've only got a very basic phone. It doesn't do the internet. It just makes and receives uh, phone calls and text messages. Mm. But I was looking online this morning, and there, there are potential quite a few apps out there that are selling pre-loved clothes at scale. Yes. And, um, Can I guess one of them? Well, I didn't write it down, but have a get. Have a, have just what, what have you heard? I've heard of Vinted. That's one. Well, that's one, but that wasn't what I was reading about. I didn't write it down, but it wasn't. I've seen that advertised on telly, but it is yeah. more more small scale, at scale, but smaller scale. Yes. But their angle is to leverage peer to peer influences and 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 selling pre loved clothes between peers that maybe don't necessarily know each other. Yes. And basically, there's a scheme. So manufacturers who have sold their clothes to the to the first recipient, who then wants to sell it on, uh, or via these apps, the the manufacturers get ten percent commission on any resales. Okay, and it makes the manufacturers more res- 
responsible for the lifespan because the 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 there's a you know when you buy a car there's a logbook of previous owners you get yes. a logbook for these items yes a digital logbook but it makes the manufacturers more responsible for what they're producing because one there's a there's a 10% uh, mark uh, profit on any resales on no matter how many times this item is sold but also there's a trail or it's not as easy well we make it we sell it we're not responsible for that anymore it's the consumers that are dumping it it's come out of, it's gone out of our factory yeah and it's gone to the shop and yep. somebody's bought it, and that's that's done. We're done. It's just an interesting model. It doesn't matter what 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 the platform was. It was just an interesting model. It's interesting how we've gone straight to this sort of re, almost like recycling yeah. with this really re, re, idea of reusing, isn't yeah. it? That, that we yeah. haven't that, that actually we haven't even touched upon the slow um, slow fashion, really, have we? Well, maybe that is slow fashion though. Of yeah, of of re, you know reusing something that came out of fast fashion. Maybe there's an overlap. Yeah, I, I agree. I was maybe it's not an either or. We'll touch upon this these questions that we've got coming in in the future. Yep. Um, the whole idea of you know before we all, we think about a lot often think about recycling as being the first thing you think about, mm. but for for myself and for my wife definitely the first thing we think about is reusing them. Mm. You know how much how often can you reuse this pair of trousers? How often can you reuse this t shirt? Yeah. Um, if we can't reuse them repurpose it yeah so can you repurpose it also reuse by the way is that i don't i no longer want this pair of trousers i'm going to send them to the the uh, maybe I've, I've i've gained a bit of weight or mm. lost a bit of weight and they don't fit me anymore they're fine still i'll take them to the take them to the um charity shop mm. um, that's that's also reusing them because you're giving it to somebody else to reuse mm. uh, but if you can't they're, if they're not usable like you've got a t-shirt which has got a hole it's got a bit a few holes in it repurpose it and often we use that sort of stuff we we make we create them into like into cleaning cloths yeah um and if you can't repurpose them then you recycle it yeah. and there are places to, there'll be textile recycle places like h&m is a great mm. example i'm sure you better find some in your local area so it's like mm. that whole process before you mm. actually go and throw something away mm. uh what can you do before can you reuse it can you repurpose it and then recycle but i, I was on a zoom call probably at the back end of 2021 and if you can hear in the background some drilling, one of my neighbours is having a new conservatory put on. I hope it's being done ethically. Anyway, um, and I was on on this Zoom call about uh, fast fashion, and Wayne Hemingway was actually on it. You know Wayne Hemingway? He's a very, I know Ernest Hemingway. He's a very famous uh, uh, clothes designer, right back to the 80s. Do you remember the big breakfast on British television? Of course. Well, he, he was often on there. Wayne, Wayne, the yeah, Wayne Hemingway. Uh, he was on there. And he didn't design tabards, did he? No. And no. he was talking about in the fashion industry that he is part of, and uh, it's currently very uses exploitative models, and there's huge surpluses of stock. And he was saying, as a hidden figure in the fashion industry, that less than fifty percent of clothes that are made are ever sold. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a bit of a whistleblower, is Wayne? Don't you think? Yeah, because because they make it's made in bulk and cheap, mm. so you only have to sell a certain amount of that product to make a to make a profit. Yeah. So what happens to that other fifty percent? Does it actually get used again, or is it? I can't. Surely that can't be thrown away because that's you would resource. hope not, but because that's such a ridiculous reduce yeah. of, of uh, resources. But maybe that shows how much profit is being made on the fifty percent they are selling, and they can just say, "Well, that's just residual loss." Yeah, I mean, if you if you can rely on just fifty percent of your stock, then you yeah. really are. Making yeah. a lot of money out of what you're buying, what you're making. But something else Wayne Hemingway said that there was a London survey, and twenty percent of 
clothing that is purchased that ends up in our wardrobe is never worn. So only 50% of clothing that is made is ever sold, and 23% of the stuff that's sold is never worn. Yeah, it's interesting. These are big figures. Yeah, because so that's 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 something you need to think about when you're next shopping for clothes is do you actually really need it? What I find myself is doing is that I really I extend the life of my clothing mm-hmm. um, sometimes by actually fixing them. I and... extend my clothing by having elasticated waists. <laughs> Indeed. But then also, I had a thought. So it's just like your... Um, you extend, yeah, you extend the life of your clothing because you actually fix what you have, mm. but also buy things when you when you actually need them, rather than the this whole the impulsive buying them buying mm. of things. I I I was given a bit of advice many years ago, which I've sort of I've stuck to is that I I would I, I see something I want to buy, and I was like okay, I'm going to buy that, but actually I'm going to leave it a few I'm going to leave it a few days. And yeah. I go back and I'll look at it again and I'll be like, do I need it? I'm going to leave it a few days. Mm. You don't need to buy it there and yeah. then because it's still going to be, still, I think it's still going to be available. Mm. Um, I was looking to buy and I hadn't had a games console it's for It's considered, long. isn't it? It is, yeah. I hadn't had a games console for years and it's something that I actually really enjoy having mm. around because it's useful in many different ways. Mm. And it took me, I think about a year to actually finally get around to buying it. Because mm. I really wanted to make sure that I really wanted it and really wanted to use it, and and now I have it and I use it, but I actually, but when I finally bought it, it felt like a a very considered purchase, and it was, it was now it and I, and I appreciated it and I still do appreciate mm. it the same way I did a year ago. Mm. Now on that same Zoom call, I was having uh, not just me and Wayne Hemingway, but there's a bunch of other people there. He, he he was talking about, you know, we need to put close back into cir- circulation to drive down demand instead of you know just disposing of it uh, and he he was really frustrated because he was saying the industry has a barbaric approach towards people and planet and are using a very very outdated model that people on the inside are kept quiet about but you can you don't need to be uh, whistleblowers you can see it like, to be honest with me yes but um he was also talking about um, Wayne Hemingway. He was talking about there's this drive to slag off charity shops because charity shops in, in some areas of Oxford, it's just charity shops. The main, you know, large corporations have moved out and charity shops have moved in because the people think it drives down the quality of the high street as it's all second-hand stuff. Well, a lot of stuff in charity shops are actually never been used. It's brand new. Yes. But um, Or they've been worn once. Yeah, but it's a great way of actually communities coming together to recycle, having yes. these, 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 these small charity shops. Do you not see it as a win-win situation? Well, absolutely, in many levels. Um, because you're basically giving money to a charity that is going to be... Probably in the local area. Yes. So you're, that money's going to be invested in your local area. A good example of this, a, a really good cyclical one, was that my wife was looking for, when we were going to get married, she wanted to get, have a, a dress, but she wanted a very unique dress for herself. Walked into a British Heart Foundation mm. shop. She looked, pointed at this dress and said, oh, that's really nice. I said, why don't you have it in a wedding dress? She's like, okay, sure enough. It was nine ninety nine, which is, really? her wedding dress was less than a tenner. Yeah. Um, and... She only wore it once because yeah. it was just a wedding dress and she doesn't wear dresses normally, but she just wants, wanted to wear one of these for the wedding. You wear dresses more often, don't you? Probably, miniskirts especially. Yeah. Um, but the when she finished with it, 
when she didn't want it anymore, we took it back to that shop. Yeah. So that shop got it got would have got another sale out of that yeah. dress <clears throat> with, yeah. for very little, very yeah. very little. You almost effort. hired it. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, yeah, it's just I think having too many charity shops in one area, it is a little bit monoculture. Yeah. If shopping, I think it's good to have a good mixture, yeah. like with anything. Um, but I think you people do turn their noses up at, at charity shops to go, yeah. oh, I don't want to do that because it's been it's been. Um, it's been I'm warm. poverty stricken. I remember somebody saying to me, "I'm not going to allow dress my son out of charity clothes." But actually, I was wearing something that day, and he said, "Oh, I like that." I said, "Yeah, it came from a charity shop, son." <laughs> Yeah, and that's that. That actually, that actually does surprise some people sometimes. Yeah. I remember Jarvis Cocker from Pulp saying he, he, that he shops a lot in charity shops. Yeah. And another thing, if you if you if you know what you're looking for when you walk into a charity shop, yeah. you generally walk in, and that's what you're looking for. You know exactly what you're looking for. I know what sort of trousers that suit me. I know what sort of t-shirts that I really like. I know what sort of tops that I like and shoot whatever. So if I walk in that shop and I don't see what I like, I don't buy anything. I walk out again. No, because right. it's not. I'm looking for. I'm looking for a specific things that I know will suit me. Mm-hmm. And actually, you can find a lot of clothes that way. If you just every time you walk past a charity shop, just walk in and find and have that in your mind, and you'll you'll find the things yeah. that you want. Yeah, for very much cheaper as well. But I, I also think uh, if we have more charity shops, it's a good way to actually promote slow fashion, uh, and it will help fight fast fashion. But it reduces reduces the demand. Yeah, that's one thing. I mean, f- fashion gets big headlines, and they the people often say charity shops don't don't contribute to society. But if you go to a a local charity shop that is servicing a local project, you're put you're 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 investing back into something that is investing in your community. How how can it not be, you know, helping local the local community? That's, mm. that's ridiculous. Because it's a charity shop. The word is it is there. It's in the title. Mm. It's a charity shop. Yeah, I mean, I think there's, um, you know, <clears throat> I know people who work in the charity industry, and they're very visionary people, and 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 uh, just have a whole different twist on the world to to me. But I think there's a profound lack of imagination of in what the charity sector could look like, feel like, uh, and they could make just as big a profits as they do now. Absolutely. Absolutely. It is. Where do you think that lack of imagination comes from? Uh, because it's, it's minus consumerism. Mm-hmm. That's where it comes from. And actually being told, following, following trends, I've always often thought uh, it's basically conformity that yeah. you want to be part. You don't want to stick out. Right. Uh, you don't want to stick out of the, from the community you want to be part of part yep. of a group um but it's also a very easy way to live life because you're following what other people are doing and it's very easy to do as well you know it's just like oh this 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 shop here are telling me that i should buy this i'll go and buy that and not even not not, not think about it not think about it individually mm. what do you want personally to wear you know i mean uh, Stuart, you wear very colorful clothes i do and, now but that's what you wear right yeah. and um it's your. It, it makes you stand out. It makes you yeah. unique. Yeah. Um, I've never. I've never dressed that way. Never. That's not been my, like my thinking. But no. I do wear sometimes wear quite colourful clothes myself as well. Yeah. But it's not that. That's just what I want to wear. It's what yep. you feel comfortable in, right? Yeah. Rather than thinking, 
right, what, what is the current trend? And trends come and go, right? Yeah. One thing I've noticed recently is a lot of um, the current generation, so that because we see a lot of 20-odd, yeah. uh, late teens, early 20s here, because we've got two large universities, Brooks yeah. being a great example. And I've noticed that the fashions have gone back to the, sort of the 80s yeah. style fashions and yeah. the, the clothes that I probably would have worn, worn seen people wearing when I was mm. a child and growing up in the 80s. Mm. So fashions always come around in sick cycles. It yeah. went in, the, in the 90s, there was a lot of sort of 1960s fashions coming mm. back in again as but well. I often um, bring it on to, you know, the emotional side of clothes. Often I hear people say, oh, I'm, I'm, they use... Going shopping is, is therapy on a Saturday afternoon after a stressful week, and um, the so shop till we drop and things like that. But I'm interested in why do people seem to have a more fulfilling experience buying something expensive and brand new compared with maybe just as expensive and secondhand? Why is there more full? It seems to be more fulfilling. Um, because I think that material goods are often seen as the nadir of mm. making your life feel, making you feel better. But we're doing an interesting experiment at home at the moment. We started this list on the start at the start of May, yeah. Uh, where basically we've got two columns in this list. One is material. Whenever we buy anything material, we write on the list and how much it is. Yeah. And then the other column is experiences. Um, and we do exactly the same thing. And experiences are things like, even things like just going to the pub and having mm. a meal is an experience. Yeah. And what we found is our experience column is about 10 times longer than our material column because we just realise, it's making us realise we just don't buy a lot of material goods. And you could argue that doing this list means that we're trying to make ourselves look more, buying more experiences than material goods, but actually we're not. We actually forget about it until we get home and then we write it on the list. So mm. I would encourage you to write the similar list right now and actually think about what is the what, why am I buying these things in the first place? Mm. Do you really, really need them? And surely that money could be better, would be better spent on experiences. Experience mm. in life is so much more... Mm. Uh, talking about an emotional experience or just any sort of experience, going to the cinema, going on a holiday is an experience, going, just doing something that's not just going out and buying the next, the next thing mm. or buying, buying material goods. Because you can just end up buying... You end up filling your house up with a load of stuff that you just, yeah. especially if it's a trend, that trend might last two, three years at the most. It might not yeah. even be lasting that long. And you just don't want to wear it anymore because it's no longer trendy. Yeah. I know somebody who goes out on the Boxing Day sales, gets there at four o'clock in the morning, doesn't need any of the stuff, yeah. buys it, and then uh, puts it in the cupboard. And then about two years later, gets it out of the cupboard, still in the cellophane wrap, and then gives it to other people. Yeah. It's interesting, isn't it? And you've got to be very careful. You've got to be very careful with sales. I remember um, a story about my brother-in-law, who was at, the, at that point in time was looking for a DVD writer. I think it was, mm. uh, let's say, a, let's say a Blu-ray player. I can't remember exactly what it was, but he went into a specific shop, and that shop was selling it for two hundred pounds, normal normal price. Um, went there during the sales, and suddenly it was two hundred and fifty pounds mm. marked down, marked down from marked down from three hundred because yeah. somewhere else in the, in the country they'd sold it for three hundred. Yeah. So the your sales are not what they are, what they what they appear. You've yeah, got to be careful some people think it. it's selling off spare stock, but I know shops that buy sales stuff in. Well, yeah, because no, they buy that. it in really, really cheap. Yes, and then and then hoik the price up, and then and then uh, say they've reduced it. 
And it's a bit <clears> like, and, and what I generally what I do with supermarkets as well. You have these nice promotional ends. Mm. What I would do is look at the promotional way. Of, oh, that, I, I do need some of that, but however, I'm going to go and look at the where it is on the shelf mm. because then you'll you'll actually get it in context of everything yeah. else. And is this actually more a better price? No, it's not. Do I need this much? No, I don't. Mm. <laughs> but the context we're talking at from uh, approaching this is is we we're still in the COVID situation. It's not gone anywhere, but we're coming out of it. And many people say COVID emptied the high streets in in England. And they're being replaced by charity shops. But I think this is a, 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 a an unseen, untapped opportunity to sell on second-hand clothes. It is, it is yeah. And I think that mm, just have, I, just being able to reuse these clothes yeah. is, a great, is, 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 is probably the best thing we can do. But the thing is that the, the, the charity shops, the, the, they use their profits to help the communities. But people say, I'm never, I'm never going to a charity shop because I don't need to receive handouts. You're not receiving a handout. You're buying something of value. You are giving a handout to the profit margin who then gives it to the people who do need the handout. And guess what? If you go to a charity shop, you generally get things for half price. Yeah. Unless yeah. I got I got an Austin Reed suit, which I don't know how much it would have cost. Cost me 15 quid for a full a jacket, yeah. a, a jacket and would not have been cheap. Yeah. Got it much cheaper, and all yeah. that extra money you can go and you can go and spend on experiences and mm. do just go out and have fun. You know, experiences. Go to a, go to that gig that you've always wanted to go to. Yeah. Go and see that. Go to go to that city that you've always wanted to go to. Yeah. They're they're the things that you'll remember. You won't remember that top in two or three weeks' time that you you you, you thought you were going to buy. You mm. won't remember it. Like yeah. you said, that person who had bought that stuff and it was still in the cellophane wrap two years later. Yeah. They'd forgot about it and it just then ends up cluttering your house as well. So something, uh, I made a note of this uh, this morning, um, started to realise that a lot of clothing has labels on and very often it says uh, it's manufactured sustainably. But it's not really fully working because people are now buying largely online. And there's a carbon footprint with extra moving stuff around. Um, that even though it may the, the the item of clothing may may be low in manufacturing carbon, the distribution of it is has yeah. changed. Yeah. By the time it gets to you, if you don't like what's, you know what, you don't like it, you're less likely to want to send it back. So you then put it, you know, ends up going in the cupboard, never worn. The green could, I think the people are buying online, so the green credentials of the purchasing sites need to be drilled down into. Could, yes, it could be a form of greenwashing. Yeah, I mean because you need to verify the claims, and this is something else I found. Um, because there are some online shops that show their supply chains, and that and they ha and it's sort of like I said about selling your, your clothes and you get a logbook to say who the previous omens were. But there, there's also, you know, some people in the fashion industry are beginning to verify their supply chain. So you as a customer, we as a customer, can drill down into that. I mean, because we've, I think it was when we were talking about orangutans and, and, uh, and carbon, low carbon, um, and sustainable production of palm oil it was. And it was sort of like, you know, you need to be able to drill down into the claims of the suppliers. Yes. You know. And they're orangutans, remember? Yeah, orangutans. Now, I, I, I was thinking, uh, we, we often talk about philosophy and psychology here, and I was thinking, okay, how does that manifest in, in fashion? I, I think 
fashion very much is a political uh can be a political uh political drivers in it but it, there's a behavioral aspect mass behavior in these purchasing and they are just as important to deal with as processes in supply chains um it's not just the okay you know it's the aspirations of the purchases as well that need looking at and and the fashion industry are, are promote our aspirations but they turn around and say no no it's self-generated there's nothing to do with us yeah the whole thing yeah they're telling you your aspirations again it's the whole thing of like as i said earlier that it's much sometimes easier just to be live a life that you're told yeah you should you usually you, you follow that rather than having to rather than coming up with your own life and coming up with your own style and your own fashion yeah. and your own your own life really yeah um i just like the idea of spending less on clothes and more on more on experiences so do, do you uh william manclo do you ever see a moment in time where fast fashion could be a a power for the good uh yes not not really Stuart mabbott um i think i think it needs it needs to be a better cycle between when it's from when it's uh, so you don't think fast fashion could contribute anything positive majorly not necessarily but clothing clothing has got to have a better life life cycle because mm. we again it's the whole you put the resources and energy into it and that's still resources um but like the car industry a lot of cars are moving over to ele uh, electric cars well, that's more of a manufacturing process. Okay, so because cars are actually being used a lot more, longer, they're, they're lasting longer, I believe, as well. So, so is there nothing to be learnt from that for the fast fashion industry, or do you don't think the desire is there? Yeah, because it, there's certain things, and uh, there's certain. I'm just, something the memories just popped into my head that my wife said to me once. There are two things in life that people are not have no problem with buying secondhand. Hmm. You know, do you know what they are? No. You've just mentioned one of them. Cars? Yeah, what's the other one? What are we sat in right now? Furniture? House. House, oh yeah. Homes are always second hand, yeah. aren't they? Unless you, unless you, unless you, off plan. You, unless you bought a brand new home and then nobody else yeah. has lived in that, you generally, you're generally living in a place that somebody else has lived in. Yeah. But, but the thing what I'm talking about cars is many people want to get rid of cars, but other people are trying to make the car industry less bad for us. Mm. Is there a potential of making the fast fashion industry less bad for us? Well, I, I, I like the whole idea of that sort of logbook analogy you had yeah. earlier. Um, wouldn't it be great to actually know that if you, the clothes you're wearing, I don't know who owned these trousers. So right. somebody else would have worn, owned and worn these trousers. Who were they? Who were they? What did they do? Probably left a bit of their DNA in there. Yeah, very likely. Yeah. Who, who are they? Who were they? Yeah. You know, have, maybe have a logbook for, you, for, your, um, for your clothes. Would we be happy if fast fashion just decided to run itself better? Would that be a middle ground? Was that just not enough? I think I think it, if it ran itself better, I think it then would not be fast fashion anymore. Right. Okay. So start. That's an interesting. Uh, okay. So evolve. What would it be called? Fashion. Just fashion. Yeah. <laughs> or clothes. Because mm. in fact, fashion is still a very um, emotive word, isn't it? Is it the is speed? Is it in fashion or is it out of fashion? You know? When we say fast fashion, is it the speed or is it the disposability of the products? It's the disposability. The, 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 yeah. the, the word fast comes by how, how quickly it's used. That's so how if, I we can get, if we can get slow fashion faster... Maybe. Yeah. But then but the, uh, it's the whole, another adage is the good things come to those that wait. Yeah. So uh, my mum used to knit a lot of jumpers. I remember my mum knitting a jumper with Garfield on the front of it, which I was very proud of when I was younger. We'd, we'd wear those jumpers with pride because yeah. they 
they were they were hand knitted by my by my mum. I mean, fast fashion to me, a quick interpretation for me is high sales of low low value items. Yeah, yeah. And it's a it, you know if they don't do anything else, the minimum they need to do is try and work out how to do that within the boundaries and the limitations of the uh, of the planet, planetary limitations. Yeah, low value and also easy, 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 ease of access as well. That's the other thing because charity shop clothes are can be very cheap. I think this t-shirt cost me two pounds. Yeah. So you might think, oh, well, I'm not going to, I'm not going to look after that. But I can't go back to that charity shop and get this exact same t-shirt. Never. Yeah. It's an impossibility. It's, yeah. So it's with fast fashion, it's like you can go and buy another one and another, another one, one and another yeah. one and exactly the same and leave so it you, in your cupboard and never use it. Yes. Yes. But uh, some, a quote I read online, well, it wasn't really a quote, but it was just uh, a set of statements that made me pull together this this paragraph here. The industry um, won't, the fast fashion industry won't transition unless the pathway is laid out. And manufacturers, they, 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 they still need to f- feed and and house their workers through their wages. So they need to make some money. But the low labour costs currently, that's how they're making their money. Mm. And, you know, if we increase costs, it's going to impact on on the people at the lower end of that ecosystem. But uh, so I think that the, the, the fashion industry needs to transition but it needs to do it in a way that takes the current and supports the current workers in that and increases their quality of life because there are sweatshops out there and yeah you know and people and, are exploited i mean this t-shirt i don't even know where it was made I, yeah. I, I i can i can pretty much guarantee you somebody has worked very little yeah. for a little very little money to make this t-shirt and these trousers which makes it again the reason why you need to go you need to recycle reuse yeah. these things because these people have worked for nothing for them. So if you yeah. just literally, you're basically, if you're just using it once, just wearing yeah. it once on holiday, you're basically saying to that person that, that sweated away there that that, yeah. that that toil was for nothing at all. Yeah. We have another question coming up in a couple of episodes about um, some Carline in Timmouth in Devon. And she, she, she said, could you explore the sustainability of greening of sport? So explore the sustainability and greening of sport. And I, I think sports clothing, uh, that will come out in that. And there's yeah. a lot of wastage in that. Absolutely, yeah. New new kits every season. And not just one lot. What, if you think about a football team, it's not just one, not just the first kit, it's the second kit, it's the third kit. It gets changed every, mm. uh, continuously. I think, we need, uh, I think we need to allow ourselves to enjoy fashion. We're not against fashion, but I think we need to allow ourselves to enjoy new models. Of, within those supply chains, and don't don't feel so, um, don't feel so bad, or, or don't think that because you're going to a charity shop, you you need charity. Mm. It's just the fact that you're you're taking home some clothes that um, just need to yeah. be rehomed. It's like rehoming clothes almost, isn't it? The the action that comes out for me that I'd like to put out there for for you listening and for us is this whole conversation is an opportunity to observe our and our, our, our culture's uh, connection with possessions and the values we put on it and where ego comes into it so yes. a, a, that's my act it's just sit down and contemplate this stuff beyond the fashion industry and just think how do i value and perceive and engage with my possessions 
yeah, the action I'd like to leave with is think about this. This just think about this. If you're okay buying a second-hand car, if you're okay buying a second-hand house, if you're okay buying second a second-hand phone. Yeah. What's wrong with a second-hand pair of trousers? What's wrong with a second yeah. t second-hand t-shirt top? Yeah. What's the What's the difference? Simple. So we have a returning listener uh, bringing another question next time. Uh, Roman from Slovakia. He normally talks about um, transport systems very often. Yes. Uh, but his question is going to be, why have so many societies begun to place such a high value on emotions and being emotional? <laughs> you surprised me, Roman. But there you go. It's nothing about cars or... Um, LTNs, uh, low low traffic neighbourhoods, and uh, yeah, know? I was going to say it's good. To, it's also really good to hear from you. I haven't heard from you for a while, Roman. Yeah. So yeah, thanks for you. Thanks for checking in on us. Thanks for listening, and thanks to everybody listening to this podcast. You can share this podcast with five of your friends today. Go and do it right now. It helps spread this podcast. Yeah. We are a world world scale podcast with a local feel, as Stuart has said yeah. many times. Um, yeah, go and share this podcast today with five of your friends.